1: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding, virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Doug hates candy wrappers, screaming baby, sticky seeds with 50 as pop or kernels
2: in his teeth. There's still not one. That
3: Hey, 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 everybody. My name is Doug, and I love moments. This is Doug Loves Movies, coming to you once again from a dying planet. It's Thursday, June 11th, 2020, and my guests today are Judd Apatow, Jessica Kersin, and Lisa Traeger. Yay. Hey. Hey.
2: Are we all on at the same
3: time? Is it all together? Yes. What's
2: up? Yay! I didn't know that we were all going to have this explosion of togetherness.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun surprise for you. And I'd like to uh, introduce you to the listeners uh, individually and alphabetically, starting with that voice you just heard, Judd Apatow is here.
2: Yes, I hey am. Judd. I'm right here with you, Doug.
3: Hey, so I've always uh, felt that you would accept When people say Apatow or Apatow, that you just accept which either one?
2: I love it all. I love it all. I feel like Apatow is the mistake, but in a weird way, fancier.
3: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's, I mean, I've known it's Apatow and uh, always correct people. But then fucking John Lithgow comes along. Yeah,
2: that messes you up,
3: right? And he, he insisted, it's go, let's go. Oh,
2: yeah, I made that mistake. He was in Mrs. 40, and I, it took me months before I could make that adjustment. I'm bad at that adjustment. Like, names, <laughs> Lisa, Liza, fuck me up. I cannot yeah. get it right. I've been calling my wife the wrong name forever because she's Leslie Mann, and I always call her Leslie, and... <laughs> I do a joke about it, but literally 20 years into our relationship, she's like, John, it's Leslie. Leslie, it's not Leslie. And I'm like, you literally have never said that in 20 years. And she said, because I knew you couldn't make the adjustment and then I would just be mad at you all the time for not making the adjustment. And ever since I did a joke about it on a special, on a Netflix special, I still can't do it. She's like, I can't believe you made a joke of it and you still don't do it. <laughs>
3: It's hard to make those uh, those adjustments sometimes, but uh, you know, it's as long as you're trying to make the effort. I guess that's the important thing.
2: That's true. I'm trying. Yeah. Well, because my brain doesn't really work like the other day. I have a cat named Honey. I had a cat twenty years ago named Mao, and out of the blue, about like uh, five days ago, I just kept calling Honey Mao, like the brain <laughs> started melting down. And then yesterday, I found out that they put Mao to sleep yesterday. And I think Mao was psychically reaching out to me through the universe.
4: <laughs> Damn, how old was that cat?
2: You know, I got the time wrong. 16. The cat was 16. Yep. So, That's an old cat. I don't know if that makes you believe in like cosmic, you know, uh, like flying through space, the cat wanting to tell me that it was beginning its next journey. But, or I have dementia, it's one or the other.
3: <laughs> I just wish this cat could speak, and just reach out to you and say something.
2: I know, it, 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 it did not because we have two new cats now, we have Honey and Pumpkin. We finally found cats that are uh, hypoallergenic and um, we love them so much, I think that we've decided that our family's working better. You know, like we've never had that thing we all agree on and now it's the love of the cats. Like we love the cats more than we love each other, but they're like the center of the wheel now.
3: Well, that sounds like a amazing quarantine you've got going on there. <laughs> exactly. You probably have like a, do you, do you have a lifetime supply of uh, lotion? What is that lotion that Leslie does the ads for?
2: We have so much Jergens here. We're living <laughs> on Jergens. We ran out of uh, food and supplies and we're just drinking Jergens all day long. And then we'll, <laughs> And then we'll eat the cats. That's the weird thing. As it really comes down to it. We might have to.
3: I just keep waiting at one of those commercials for them to cut away to you like with a box of tissues and a thing of Jerkins. I know. Just I in know. the corner.
2: You know, you, you know that's the end of that campaign. At some point, I get pulled into it and I do a filthy joke <laughs> and Jerkins goes <laughs> out of business instantly. <laughs>
3: uh, also joining us today, I managed to get two of the stars of The King of Staten Island, which Judd directed and is available starting, like, tonight. Right, Judd?
2: Yeah, I think like, what I've been told is it's available starting midnight tonight, but also, in a lot of places, it'll start appearing around 9. I can't say it's going to hit exactly at 9, but most places, like Apple, between 9 and 9.30, it's going to start popping up. It's on a lot of people's you know, their cable systems have ways to rent movies and Amazon and Voodoo and Google and and you just scream like, Siri, play the movie! And it'll just just appear somehow.
3: Okay. Um, uh, It's a... uh, This particular podcast we're doing right now will be also available uh, tonight at midnight. So anybody listening, just assume that King of Staten Island is ready for you to watch uh and uh and do it yeah, um uh, please, please. featuring the great and first time guest on this show i'm excited to finally have you on
0: it's jessica curson
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: wow yeah, that was the first applause i've gotten in two months
2: <laughs> that's all that's left
0: that's amazing
3: <laughs> and it's that's a-
0: and that's the last for probably another two months.
3: <laughs> well, um, one of us might clap at some point at something you you say or do here today. Oh, and, that's great! That would be. And great. I clapped, uh, you know, um, pretty hard uh, at, uh, at noticing you uh, in the film. I saw it last night, and I don't. I don't want to spoil anything, so I can't really. I don't really think we should talk about Jessica's specific scene, right, Judd?
2: You know, I don't know how your fans feel. I know they're hardcore movie fans. Uh, let's just say uh, that Jessica in is, is in a very loving relationship with Robert Smigel. The Mos- <laughs> they're the, they're the Moskowitzes, and we don't want to say they own a pharmacy. That's all I'm going to say is they own a pharmacy and there are complications.
0: Yes, That's,
3: That sounds about right. Have you
0: seen it yet, Jessica? I haven't, but I know someone who did, who is, um, was blown away by it, Judd, blown away. Like someone in the business who has made TV shows, made movies, whatever, and just said literally, it's, it's, it's unbelievable.
2: Is it? So. John Forsythe? (laughs) John Forsythe? (laughs) (laughs) Do Do you know that he's already a big fan of it? Have you already heard that? Is it Miller Boyette? Is it the people of <laughs> Miller Boyette?
0: <laughs> so um, I'm, I was, I was so honored to be asked to be in it. And I, I love, you know, from what I've heard, I love the way the scene came out. And I can't wait. I, I really can't wait to see the whole thing.
3: Yeah, you're I'm excited for you to see it. Yeah, yeah you yeah, really rock it.
0: Thank you, Judd.
3: Yeah, and another person, another star of the film, Who does a terrific job and has been on this show once before, but also under uh, different odd circumstances. It's Lisa Traeger. Hey.
4: So happy. Canceled (laughs) my COVID test to be here today.
3: (laughs) Oh, no. No, I'm going tomorrow. What kind of world? What world are we living in? Where you cancel the COVID tests to be on my podcast? (laughs) Um, No,
4: it's embarrassing how excited (laughs) I am to be on this podcast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's always fun to have you. We did one once in the fishbowl at the uh, Sirius XM. Yeah, and you bent the uh,
4: rules for me, because I didn't know any Harrison Ford movies, so I I got to say two Edward Norton movies for every one Harrison Ford movie, and (laughs) I'm thankful for that.
3: It seemed very fair, and we'll probably have to arrive at some sort of agreement again here today when we get to the... uh, No, I've been watching movies also, not
4: to be crazy, I just watched Heavyweights for the first time. Judd, I didn't know you were so busy. I can't believe (laughs) I saw your name on the... I couldn't believe it.
2: You couldn't believe that in the mid-90s <laughs> that I made a movie about a summer camp for overweight boys.
4: No, I was so excited. I actually worked at a fat camp, but I got fired because um, I failed a breathalyzer one morning. But
2: Oh, oh my gosh. Well, that's the funny thing about fat camps is there is a whole world of uh, illicit sale of candy to the kids because most of the kids
0: are very wealthy. Oh, my God. I and, have a <laughs> No, I I was
4: the I was taking the stuff away from them. Um, but we also had to make sure they weren't having sex at night, and we would go on nookie patrol.
2: I heard about this as well when I I researched. I Mm. went to a camp, and uh, I heard instantly that it there are sex dens these these camps.
0: Yeah, I want to interrupt because I this is very this is so interesting right now because I went to fat camp for four years. Which one? I went to Kingsmont in the Berkshires where all of my parents, Jewish friends had houses. And so I'd have to walk every morning at six in the morning with 300 fat kids <laughs> next to cows in the pasture. And like my aunt Sheila would drive by and her Mercedes and honk and be like, you're doing great, Jesse. And I was like, <laughs> with "Hay on me next to a cow. Um, but I, I did, I went for four years and it was, a, it was great
2: those kids were so nice we met all those kids when we researched it yeah uh and there was a one kid there and and he goes like my mom is dating you know he goes uh my dad is is dating mariah carey she's such a bitch (laughs) i always remember that and by the way she is not so shut your mouth
3: that's true she's not a bitch
2: She's the best. She's my favorite. But that made me laugh so hard. It's like little kid all pissed off. right? Carey was dating his dad.
4: I feel as long as she has the lighting she wants, she's in a good mood.
2: Oh, I saw her in Vegas, let me tell you. <sighs> it was everything I wanted it to be.
3: Um, I've got a, stat, a King of Staten Island question for you, Judd. Um, yes. How did you arrive at, what was the thought process behind having... Uh, characters watching Game of Thrones at one point.
2: Um, I just always loved that scene. I <laughs> just thought that scene. It was funny where Peter Dinklage <laughs> slaps the guy in the face. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm a giant Peter Dinklage fan. My wife is doing an animated movie with him right now, which means she's never met him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I, you, know, we had this idea that you know Pete's sister is going to college, and we. The second she leaves, you know it's going to be so awkward that Pete lives alone with his mom and that his mom would try to, you know, say, are we going to hang out? Like, what's this new relationship going to be? Like, you want to binge a show together? And that's like every young person's nightmare, their mom wanting to watch like 70 hours of television with them. So <laughs> <laughs> we thought you would ask to watch Game of Thrones and then he would have seen it already and it would just be kind of sad and awkward. and and it would give you a sense of the, uh, the nightmare that was coming.
3: Yeah, I felt like they were, they were binging it because they were treating it too casually. Like, Game of Thrones is a show you got to really you, – you can't have a conversation while you're watching it. That show's oh also my been God. on
4: for so long. Like, my friend said that in the time of Game of Thrones, she was watching it with her boyfriend. They got married, moved to a different city, <laughs> and had a baby. And yeah. then Game of Thrones ended. Like,
2: <laughs> can I, can so. I tell you, I am not done with it. I'm literally on season four. And what will happen is I'll get busy for like six weeks. I try to get back into it. I don't remember who anyone is. Yeah. I start reading the wiki page. I get lost. I get discouraged. And then I'll come back in, do another year or two. And then it happens again.
3: <laughs> I've been watching
4: con- so much TV here.
3: What's, uh, is there something standing out as like a thing you'd recommend for people to watch right now? Yes,
4: I would say the feel good show of the decade is RuPaul's Drag Race. It that is, is
2: 24 hours a day so awesome. in our house. It 24 is 24 hours a day. Never never get shut oh, off fine. and I'm not even joking.
4: They are <laughs> acting, they're dancing, they are singing, they do they're funny, they're doing their own makeup, there's outfits and I've changed the way I speak. I started using words I've never used before. And then on the drama side I watch The Americans, which That's I That's a perfect
2: show. They pulled it off. When you watch the whole thing, I won't give it away. When you get to the end of the last episode, when that series is over, you turn to your loved one and you go, they fucking pulled
4: it all off. The whole thing. Yeah. It's really um, incredible. And it's sexy. There's a lot of nudity for a basic cable.
0: A lot of butts. You know what's depressing? I haven't watched any TV because I'm too like I can't focus. Isn't that? No, you have too
4: many children is your problem.
0: It's not just that. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's probably a big part of it. (laughs) Plus, I'm. But it is hard to,
3: like, that's what I like about binging TV shows now. Is that you can, uh, you know, take breaks. You know, you can kind of go back and forth between entertainment and, and reality. You know, you can, like, look at the news for a little while and get sick of that and then go back to something to escape. I really liked watching all of um, uh, Jim Carrey's show, Kidding, on Showtime.
4: Wait, Judd, would you do Celebrity Drag Race?
2: Um, (laughs) No, if called upon, I'm always uh, ready to go. Every once in a while I get asked to do things on shows, and uh, there's always a debate in my house about whether or not it's like too corny to do it. Like I'll get asked to be on The Bachelor, like teaching the ladies to write a joke. And <laughs> I, I'll get to ask and I'll be like, this is the best day of my life. I am going to be on The Bachelor. And I'm just so happy. And then one by one, my family's like, you can't be the guy teaching the women. That's so corny, dad. You can't do that. But what I realized is it's not that they think it's corny. It's they think I'm going to ruin the show they love by being (laughs) a part of it. Like, I'm going to soil it because I'm the corny one who will destroy it. And by the way, The Bachelor with the songwriters totally worked. They pulled it off. Another one. The Americans and The
3: Bachelor, (laughs) listen to your heart, totally rocked it. Those are the two most perfect series ever, ever committed. To my, that's my highest recommendation. Or take.
2: And then right. I get in a b- big fights with, with Leslie because she does something that's awful, which is we'll w- be watching a show, you know, we'll be, like, hanging out, you know, watching Dead to Me or something, and we'll be on, like, episode two, season two. I'll, like, get busy for, like, a day or two. I'll come home, like, let's watch episode three. And she's like, I'm done. Yeah. Screws me. It doesn't care. Doesn't care at all about the violation of the marriage. And how it's supposed to work just blows
3: past me. Every that
0: time. happens
3: I, to me too. And then, do you ever do you ever watch it, or do you give up because you have to watch other stuff? Other stuff with Leslie that, like, she's moving on to other shows. You I want on to on something it. else without you.
2: I haven't seen the third season of almost any show on television. <laughs> I haven't seen the end of The Crown yet because of this thing. I haven't seen the. The last few episodes of Narcos Mexico. They said, Leslie's destroying television for me.
4: Oh, I do want to give another shout-out. Bravo is really helping me get through everything, too.
2: What's on so, Bravo?
4: Real Housewives of Potomac I'm catching up on. Right now, we have a new season of Real Housewives of New York and Beverly Hills. And there's Below Deck Sailing Yacht just ended, and Below Deck Mediterranean just started. And Watch What Happens Live. So You know,
2: here's the thing. A lot of I don't enjoyment. really... I don't really love any of that. I just love Danielle Staub. That's the only <laughs> thing I like. I How like do you anybody. know her? I just, I watched some of that. And I was like, this is the best person ever on television. She's even better than Tony Soprano. And then <laughs> I was, then at any reality show I watched, I'm like, no one's as good as Danielle Staub. I don't know. Maybe she reminds me of my mom or something. But that's, that's for me, reality perfection
4: yeah no she's nuts if you don't know her she's been she's been like proposed to or married like 22 times she's been to jail she was a prostitute she has a fake name you know she pulled a woman's ponytail this last season
0: i should watch her very familiar (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot of my partners have been like that (laughs) well thank you all kids
4: stuff what Nothing. Move on. I just, can't, I just can't handle silences, so I just filled it how I
0: could. I'm the same way. I was like, what
4: children's shows are you watching with the babies? Like, who cares?
2: The great thing with Doug is you never know if the pause is because, like, the Zoom has a delay or he's just, like, stoned and there's, like, a half-second delay of his mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's always uh, – a- anytime I'm, like, on cable news or something, there's that extra second of delay. It makes it especially awkward.
2: <laughs> Let me give a compliment to Lisa, if I may. Yes, please I talk about uh, the greatness. Of both of these women's work in the King of Staten Island is. I asked Lisa to come in to play a waitress at the restaurant where Pete Davidson's character works, yeah. and that's always an interesting assignment because I really don't have a script. We're just improvising. We're trying to make the restaurant feel real. We want to, you know, run people through certain moments. It's great if they score. If they don't score, it might get cut out or maybe you don't even need it because you're trying to plow forward in the story. And uh, she rocked it. She has like a bunch of like great moments and when we tested it, it got huge laughs.
4: Oh my God, I'm smiling so big right now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, I haven't great. seen it, it yet, cool. and
4: it's funny you say that, because that's on set, that's what I was thinking. I was like, bitch, do not get cut out of this movie. I was like, you have to you have to slay. You have to bring it,
2: because People I knew- did get cut out of the movie. Gary Goldman, removed from the movie. Mm. Whoa. You know why? Because the scene was so long, and he was the button joke, and he was fantastic, but it was like, I can't stay in this scene to have Pete now walk across this classroom. To do this next stage of the bit. So even though he is one of the greats of all time, and I love him. See ya.
3: (laughs) Is Gary Goldman? Is he supposed to be? Is he like a teacher in the movie? He was
2: was playing. Like there was a scene where Pete drops off. Why do I want to give it? He's dropping off this child at a preschool, and uh, the teacher asks him to like clean the paintbrushes, and then you overhear Gary having a very annoying conversation about how to how they're raising their kids and not letting their kids watch TV and all this annoying stuff. And then Pete has an interaction with him. And, uh, this is, but that's what's hard about these movies because you never know. Oh, Rich Voss is in the movie with Bonnie McFarlane uh, and they play a, a couple that Pete has to deal with as a busboy who, who are giving him shit. They made it,
3: they survived, they have big uh, and what is, what is Rich Voss mispronounced? Doesn't he say a word wrong? Says, uh, I know he
2: says, chi- he tries to say chicken Parmesan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, know the, I, know,
2: <laughs> I know he says, he, he wants his food faster know he goes, go get our shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, and, he, and they're both great. They're both, uh, yeah. and Derek Gaines, uh, same thing.
4: He blew me Derek away. Gaines, I was, shy. I would, no. he's really funny. Yeah, it was everyone was great. It was so cool. The cinematographer was so cool. It was just an amazing Oh, that's funny
3: that you experience. mentioned uh, Robert Robert Ellswit. I was excited yeah. to see his name Judd because one of his first movies that he ever uh DP'd was um a movie that I played a bunch of zombies in, Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Fantastic. I just that's so amazing. <laughs> yes,
2: I, I I I uh I, when I was working on The Cable Guy, which is the second movie I worked on, I remember me and Ben Sillard met with him because he had shot a great movie called Unlawful Entry with Kurt Russell and Ray Liotta, which was like, a, you know, like you bond with this uh, neighbor who then kind of turns evil on you. Yeah, and, and, and we just didn't hire him. And uh, I always wanted to work with him. He did There Will Be Blood and Boogie Nights and you know, some of the born Identity movies. So the movie is yeah, ridiculous. He's done,
3: he's done most of the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Like, he's become this amazing cinematographer. And then the photography in King of Staten Island is great, too. But I think the, thing, the takeaway from this movie, aside from you, Judd, being doing more of a dramatic film, and not necessarily every scene is comedic, but also Bill Burr and Pete Davidson, everyone's going to be blown away by their dramatic acting
2: yes yeah it's it's uh it's really impressive, you know Pete is a real natural actor he's He's completely unafraid to be very vulnerable and emotional, and Bill you know he's playing this blowhard guy, but he's also very sweet and funny and warm, and shows all these other dimensions that we all know about Bill because we know Bill, and he's a fantastic actor I mean he really steals every scene he's in
0: oh, that's so great yeah and
3: everybody can watch it tonight <laughs> on something on something I, know,
4: I still haven't seen it i like can't believe it
3: on the yeah. apple watch
2: on some sort of like you know the old einstein machine well you know, the I'm, lisa apple lisa has it
4: i'm very frustrated cuz so my parents are 82 and 75 from the soviet union and i'm going to have to talk them through how to rent this movie on their television through oh, no. FaceTime or something. So um, I'm looking forward to that as well.
2: Have they ever rented a movie ever?
4: We used to go to Blockbuster every week, of course, but yeah. they just watch Russian television in the house.
2: I can get you a VHS.
4: <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> if you, well, if you, you tell for... them the
2: director is Russian, maybe that'll make them like it.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, No, they love, yeah,
4: they're going
3: to love it. Well, thank you all for being here. And uh, this is the part of the show where I say, let the games begin. Here we go.
1: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
2: Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
1: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
3: We're going to start with a game called Whose Tagline Is It Anyway?, and how that works is, Judd, I'm going to read you a tagline from a motion picture, you know, it's either in the ads or on the yeah. poster, and mm-hmm. then you get one guess what film it is. Okay. If, you, if you miss, then Jessica will have a crack at it, and then Lisa, and it, it, you know, it goes on from there. And there's a theme to all of the answers, so when you figure out the theme, it might make it easier to uh, guess the titles. Okay. There we go. Starting with you, Judd, and the tagline: "Off the island into your home."
2: Off the island into your home. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, There's the Madonna movie where she's a castaway. There's the Castaway movie with Tom Hanks. There's the Harlem Globetrotters visit Gilligan's Island. I'm gonna say.
3: Uh, when they the get island, back, they go
2: into people's homes. It could be Club Paradise uh, <laughs> off the island into your home. That's that is a tough one. Um, uh, am I close at all? Doug? Am I in any? No, any but vicinity? those
3: guesses were were all fun. That was Mostly all my guesses. Just, yeah. Usually people uh, don't have that many guesses. They just <laughs> stammer for a while.
2: Okay. Well. And give island, up. Off the island, into your home. Well, I guess I guess I have to pass because I don't, I don't have it, and I, that, I, that's all I had. So that's
3: that's perfect, perfect strategy. Uh, Jessica, do you have any idea what this would be the tagline for?
0: Off the island, and into your home. Um. Well you just
3: punched it up a little bit with that and in between.
0: Oh, there's no and
3: <laughs> off the island into your home.
0: Oh my God, this is so stressful. Um oh, no, I didn't mean to stress you out. No, it's okay. It's okay. This <laughs> is the last thing I needed. Um <laughs> uh the boy with the striped pajamas.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um <laughs>
2: Can I tell you a story about the boy with the striped pajamas when my daughter was, like, eight or nine? She went on a sleepover to a friend's house, and the parents showed that to my oh daughter, my Mom, and she was traumatized forever. I'm like, who shows, like, a little kid, the boy in the striped
3: pajamas?
0: That is so crazy to me. <laughs> what
3: kids don't love boys in striped pajamas, though? It's, like, it's made for kids.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and my cousin showed my other daughter rent when she was like seven, and she never <laughs> recovered from that either.
0: <laughs> oh god. Um, well, I I don't know. The, off the I I'm mm, Fantasy Island.
3: Oh, that's a that's a good guess.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, that's okay. not what can tell by the response, but that's my guess. Yeah, incorrect, Lisa.
4: I'm going to go with, like, is it Kong, Skull Island, like a King Kong movie?
3: That is a really, really good guess. You guys all had terrific guesses. I wouldn't have figured this one out. It's from the most recent. It's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
2: Oh Wow. Wow. I didn't think it would be something so intense with that kind of a tagline. Into your home, like into your home to murder you.
3: Yeah, because don't the dinosaurs just show up at people's houses? Like, they almost are like uh, Mormons, I think. <laughs> they come back from Jurassic World, and they just start knocking on doors. Jurassic God.
2: Park. Yeah. Isn't Jurassic Park the same thing as Westworld? So Michael Crichton wrote Westworld, the book, and mm-hmm. I remember that as a kid with Richard Benjamin and Yul Brenner. and then he wrote Jurassic Park, which is the exact same story as Westworld. And it's like it, nobody noticed.
3: Yeah, it's just like he's just rewriting the, uh, you know, amusement park with robots goes bad. Yeah. Yeah, basically.
2: My All mom right. went to high school with him. I don't know. It's just a, it's just trivia. It's just trivia, Doug. It's just trivia. It's
3: fun to talk about him because it's, it's pronounced Crichton, but it doesn't look that way when you see it spelled out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's the next tagline, Judd. Okay. They're deserters, rebels, and thieves, but in the nicest way possible.
2: They're deserters, but in the nicest way possible. I
3: should also mention that taglines are often terrible. They often do not do a good
2: job. (laughs) I have a friend who writes these. Do you know who used to write these? Dave Allen. You know Higgins, Boys, and Gruber? Dave oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, of course. Gruber.
2: Mr. Rosso. He wrote, He he would write these with Steve Bannis.
3: I love that. Um, That's so cool. Um, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let me think about this. Um, think deserters, Rebels, and Thieves, but in the nicest way possible. Um, three Kings? That is correct.
0: Wow. Is correct. Wow. wow. Yeah.
2: I looked it up on my phone. I looked it up on my phone. Oh my totally god, cheated. that's hysterical! I totally cheated. I totally, oh. cheated. I totally cheated. I got I got very uh, insecure about the fact that I know nothing, and I wow. I did the thing you're not supposed to do, and it was a dick move. But I admitted it like immediately afterwards. And then, let me tell you something else. That's one of the great Google movies. Like, not only did I Google it, but it's a movie that like I tell people I've seen. I've never seen it. I've never seen that movie. I don't know why I've never <laughs> oh, that's seen that so movie. Great. <laughs> everybody says this is the best movie and like i just never watched it i don't know why sometimes like i'll see like a, it's like in the desert and it seems dry and not like fun to be in that space
3: and in my body i'm just like i don't want to be in that desert in that tent yeah well there's it's definitely there's a lot of tension throughout the movie there's always situations that are uncomfortable and people you know on the verge of uh being you know killed all the time so it's uh it's pretty intense, but it's my favorite uh, David O. Russell. I, I really do like it a lot. I
2: love David O. Russell. I have no reason not to see it other than my fear of the desert. But, okay, my phone is off. I'm in airplane mode. Let, let, let's toss that one out. That was, uh, that was for comedy's sake. I mean, let me do another one that I, I mean, will, I will be fair.
3: Everyone, it was felt very real that you. It didn't feel like you cheated. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm it seemed like player. you really thought about it, and you figured out uh, the the theme, and you you went for it. But there's, uh, there's, nothing,
2: there's nothing to gain by cheating. That's the terrible part.
3: Yeah, but there's also nothing to win by winning today. So it really, <laughs> it all doesn't matter. Um, but uh, we'll go to Jessica for this next one. Okay. Jessica, your,
0: are you going to Google it? I mean, if Judd didn't just admit it and say that he did, I probably would, but now I won't because it's... Okay. Yeah.
3: What movie had the tagline, it's no laughing matter?
0: (gasps) That seems so easy, except I don't... Oh, that could be so many things. (laughs) I mean, they probably said that in, like, 50 movies. Yeah, it, does,
3: it seems like a pretty generic line, especially, you know, once you know what the movie is, it's, uh, the movie deserves a better line than that, I think. Did you say it one more time? It's no laughing matter. And if Jessica can't get it, then Lisa gets a shot at it.
0: Can you give me and, a hint? To that. I'm joking. You don't have to give me a hint. Well, is it a comedy or a drama? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I real, I don't know. Okay, that's that's I a know. fair. I, mean, I, could, I could, I could, like, come up with a guess. That's a reasonable, reasonable. Just to be reference. funny, yeah, I don't know. Lisa, do you have an idea?
4: I'm gonna say Patch Adams.
3: <laughs> That would, uh, strangely, that that would work for that. (laughs) But no. Judd?
2: I'm going to say Bicentennial
3: Man.
4: We saw that on Christmas as a family, and my dad was furious.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's a weird movie, Bicentennial Man. Isn't Mark Wahlberg in that? (laughs) I don't know. I never thought. I think he is. (laughs) I think he's actually in Bicentennial Man. Um, The actual answer is The King of Comedy. Oh Oh my
2: God, I never would have thought that. That was a good movie. When it came out, it was right after Ronald Reagan was shot by John Hinckley and people were very scared of the whole idea of like stalkers and assassins and kidnappers and it got a very chilly reception. It did, like, nothing in the box office, but I will say this, and maybe you don't even know this, Doug. For me, one of my favorite movies of all time, and I think one of the most beautifully shot movies uh, that Scorsese has done, and I, I always watch that movie as a, an example of a, a shooting style. There's a lot of energy and handheld, but yet it's very beautiful. I don't know if it's Michael Bauhaus. I don't know. You can I, Google that's... it.
3: That's who I would guess, because he did, uh, you know, Color of Money with Scorsese and and a few others.
2: Yeah. He passed away recently, but
3: he was great.
2: Yeah, love it, love it. I love it when they're outside. There's a scene where they're outside, he's fighting with Sandra Bernhard, Robert De Niro, and for no reason, several members of The Clash are in the crowd listening to them fight and (laughs) yelling.
3: I always... I always, is an example of how quick fans can turn on people, and especially now that everybody's getting canceled, it makes even more sense. It was ahead of its time. When Jerry Lewis is walking down the street and Selma Diamond is on the phone and she says, hey, will you come over here and say something to my uh, sister? And he says, uh, no, I'm in a hurry and keeps walking. And then she yells, I hope you die of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately goes from fan to that (laughs) uh okay so uh here's the next one and it starts with who was first last time jessica yes okay okay let me recap what we have so far jurassic world fallen kingdom three kings and the king of comedy What's this uh, tagline for? Some people, some called him a hero. Some called him the most dangerous man in America.
2: Um, I, I, I have a guess at that one. Oh, well, you don't get to
3: go first this time, though. It's Jessica's turn. The King and I? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I like it. Lisa, some
4: called him a hero, some called him the most dangerous man in America. Is it Austin Powell? No. Um hold on. Um
3: <laughs> Some called him a hero, some called him the most dangerous man in America.
4: I feel like I know this. this is...
0: <sighs> I know. Some called him. <laughs>
4: Mr. Bean? No. No, okay.
2: Can I guess? Judd? The People vs. Larry Flint?
3: Oh. No, it's Hmm. The Fisher King.
0: Ah. Never even heard of that. That was a great movie.
3: Yeah, it's uh, another Robin Williams, actually, and uh, Jeff Bridges. But why would he be the most dangerous man in America? I don't remember, like, he was, uh, he was crazy, but I don't know why that would make him so dangerous. Like, it, it's a really misleading uh, tagline that I, I, I don't get it, but it's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more, and then we'll do a tiebreaker if nobody gets it. <laughs> uh, starting with you, Jessica. Jessica. Mm -hmm. So far, we have Fallen Kingdom, Three Kings, The King of Comedy, and The Fisher King. So what movie had the tagline, Find Your Voice?
0: Well, obviously, I mean, I'm just talking it out so I can take some time here. Um, And obviously, the title has the word king in it.
4: <laughs> oh, is that why you're saying these? Oh God!
0: I'm yes. Like, why is he doing? I know <laughs> it took me a second. Um. Oh God! I mean, believe it or not, that's why I said the King of the King and I. I can't think of another movie with the word King.
3: Isn't it like a kid movie of some kind? There's a few. There's a there's a ki- King comes up a lot in uh, in titles.
2: Kings
3: kings of comedy. (laughs) Um, That'd be a a terrible tagline for kings of comedy. Find your voice. (laughs) They all found their voices. Lisa, do
0: you have an idea? I don't know. I'm sorry.
3: No,
4: I was going to say Mr. Holland's opus because I didn't catch the theme. Um, Find your voice.
3: The lion king? for the win
2: the what? lion king a king a no. kid in king arthur's court
3: <laughs> no oh those were good the lion yeah. king. those are both great guesses but find your voice is a is that a movie for what
4: kingdom Come <laughs> is that a movie
3: it is a, i think so i think they made a movie called that i think it was based on a comic maybe but um no, Find Your Voice is the tagline for The King's Speech. Oh. Right? King's Speech. That, that movie year. won Best Picture that year. I liked it.
2: I liked it's it, but it beat movie. something really good, didn't it? It beat yeah. like a, what was the movie it beat? That people
0: were yeah.
3: like, what? It's a solid movie, but it, there was definitely a better one that year.
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: It's always the easy, you know, it's always the movie that everybody can agree you know yeah. can agree is good instead of just picking one that some people think is great
2: the shocking one never wins midnight cowboy never wins
3: it won though didn't it
2: did it win best picture i think so i mean every once in a while midnight cowboy wins Do you know guys <laughs> i don't know if i told you this but um king of Side island already won uh, the oscar for best picture
3: Oh, that's great!
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won because there's not gonna be a lot of movies this year, and they were like, "We're just gonna choose from what's already been out, and then we beat Scooby Doo."
3: Yeah, that's it's just it's just Scoob or King of Sadden Island. Of course, it's gonna Ooh. win everything.
4: Yeah, so we I, I just uh, we so, just slept. I feel so bad for all my friends who have kids because they keep having to rent The Trolls World Tour, and so they're <laughs> spending so much money on that. You movie. know
0: how much I I have watched. Frozen 2,
2: 700. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a, there's a, frozen is a heavy rotation. When we first had mod, when right before we found out uh, Leslie was pregnant, I said to Leslie, let's go see Toy Story. <laughs> and she just had like a chemical reaction against going to see a strange computer animated movie. She's like, I'm not, I'm not seeing that. I don't want to see it. And they, I really didn't want to see it. Almost... Violently against it. Uh, I couldn't get her to go. Then we have Maude, and two years later, she's watching it three times a day for about eight months. And I would laugh every single time we had to put it back on.
0: Yeah, Isabella's very into Toy Story now. That's a big one here.
2: Iron Giant was in heavy rotation. That's a good one if you haven't uh, done Iron Giant. Now, do you guys know how long Doug Benson and I have known each other?
4: No, twenty-five years. Do you,
2: know, do you know that we were at least open open mics together? Do you know we've known each other for more than thirty years? Probably about like thirty, wow. uh, three or thirty-four years.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it's crazy.
2: We, we used to drive to the last stop in uh, Claremont, and <laughs> there was another one next to that. And if you drove really far. Instead of getting like five minutes, you might get like eight minutes. So we would do the drives to get to the places that had less people signing up.
3: Yeah, and we just spent a lot of time in the green room at the, that, uh, the comedy club in the Valley. What was that called? Okay, I'm going to blow your mind. It was
2: called the LA Cabaret, which was a weird yeah. club because there was the improv. And then there was an improv in the Valley uh, in Sherman Oaks in this Hilton Hotel. There was a comedy store. And then there was this club in Encino, which was a very good looking club, but it was booked with a lot of stragglers. A lot of the people who couldn't get in the improv and the comedy store, and a lot of people who were stars from the comedy store like in the 70s. So you would go there and it would be a lot of like, awesome people, but it it was just odd lineups because it would be like me, Doug Benson, the unknown comic, uh, you know, Bruce Babyman Baum. And, <laughs> and it was kind of this awesome, strange place. And the guy that owned it was a very nice uh, man named Ray Bishop. And that is why. And here we go. Get ready, Doug. What is Bill Burr's name in King of Staten Island? It's Ray. It's Ray Bishop.
3: That's amazing.
2: <laughs> How weird that is, is that? so cool yeah there's no reason for it except that he was the guy that would give us stage time when we really did not deserve it
3: yeah and he was it was always a kind of a struggling business too and the other person that we ran around to do
2: open mic nights with was a very young andy kindler
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah we've known andy for for a minute too
2: and i used to say to andy my running gag was with andy when we were very young men, I would just always say to him, "Andy, I have to tell you honestly, I don't
3: think you're going to make it." <laughs> and I bet you every time he
1: goes,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he was so
2: funny. I was mean, Andy. I seriously, I would. I like. I watch a lot of comedy. I, I don't think it's going to work out for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, but it, it did, you know, out for everybody. T-
3: his act from day one is talking about how badly the, the performance is going.
2: <laughs> yeah. Back back we is... didn't know that that was the act. Like back then we yeah. actually thought he was having a hard time. We didn't realize it was the beginning of the evolution of his greatness.
3: All right. We got to pick a winner today. So I'm going to say one more tagline and the first one of the three of you who can tell me the, what movie it's for. Cause you'll, I think you'll all know it. Uh, it will be the winner today. And I, you know, I use the term winner very loosely. <laughs> You're slightly better than the other two guests. Um, ready? Yeah. The circle of life. Lion King. Lion King. <laughs> Lion King.
4: <laughs>
3: Lion King.
4: Oh, Who that was that was that, that, said that said it first? Jessica? I did. No, it was
3: Lisa. Hey, this Lisa. is <laughs> our winner. You did it. Yes. So which excited. version the of the comeback <laughs> animated
2: version or live
4: action she i have not seen any of the live actions i am oh, very she... against them really yeah there's no point like cartoons are the best like you're gonna make a not cartoon version of i just it's confusing to me maybe i'll see mulan but
3: i yeah, think mulan, they did don't i think John Favreau did a good job with, uh, with Lion King, I thought, and, um, and Jungle Book. Um, if, if you like, you know, if that's what you want to see is, you know, realistic-looking animals talking and singing. But I was disappointed yeah. by Jungle Book because they, they took a lot of the music out of the original movie. And to me, that's like the most fun part about the, you know, the animated one. But where are you on Dumbo? You know what? I didn't even see Dumbo, because I thought I'm either going to be bored or cry the whole time.
4: Also, Dumbo yeah. is like one of the cutest little cartoons in the world, and then they just made the creepiest little elephant. I don't know. I just... <laughs> Do you guys know, know the that,
3: tagline of our movie? What? That's what I was going to ask you. What is the tagline? He's trying his well, best.
2: <laughs> what is the tagline of the King of Staten Island?
3: I'm gonna cheat. It's, it's he's, he's trying his best?
0: No, I'm lying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's is this it? Guy?
0: um Yeah, can you give us some choices?
2: Is it, this kid's on fire?
0: Oh.
3: Is it, um, <laughs> I love that you have to make a couple up off the top of your head. <laughs> is it, is it,
2: uh, no man is an island? Is it, uh, this kid's adulting, um, okay, I'll tell you the answer. You know what the answer is?
3: There is no no tagline. No tagline. You know why? Let the title speak for itself. The taglines are always terrible. They're so bad. There's like, there's like three good taglines and then all the others. Yeah. no You know time. what? In space, no one can hear you scream. Just oh. when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. And yeah. I can't even think of a third one right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. There was a really bad one. uh I got to figure out what it was. I'm going to have to look up for fast times at Ridgemont High. Oh, yeah. It's know. terrible. It's a really bad one. Yeah. Let's see. I'm something about
3: right dude being awesome or something.
2: Uh, okay. You ready? Here it is. Yeah. The tagline is, at Ridgemont High, only the rules get busted. Ugh. And that's like a very deep, thoughtful movie. It's very real. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's very grounded. There's another version where it says, hey, bud, let's party. That's all it says. It's a picture of Sean Penn, and it says, hey, bud, let's party. Isn't it funny that that was the beginning of Sean Penn as, like, one of the greatest comedic performances of all time?
3: Yeah, now he doesn't, you know, you can barely see him cracking a smile ever. Like, Spicoli was so likable, He's, he, and Sean Penn's, uh, you know, likable isn't his go-to usually.
2: He's so fun. Well, you know, uh, the uh, Falcon and the Snowman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, Lisa, Jessica, are you still there? Of yes. course. Uh, listening to John and I reminisce, um what kind of let's start with jessica jessica Kursan, what uh are you up to like where can people see you i love your i love your twitter i retweet your Wait, stuff are we all done the time. with the
4: games there's no more games
3: you
0: won yeah you're oh, the winner but we no, don't I, do the thing I, where you
4: name an actor and we go and i
3: i, I can't believe yeah. you're done with the games well,
0: well yeah I mean, you know we we I have a get 11 followers <laughs> <laughs>
3: We have a, uh, you know, we we got to be out of here in a few minutes, so that's all the time we have.
4: Can you just give me a quick little game? No, J.K. Jessica, where (laughs) where do we find you?
0: (laughs) Oh my God, that's so weird. That's my initials. (laughs) Um, I. I, uh, so I am, I have a website, JessicaKerson.com and I'm on Instagram. I put up a ton of silly videos up there every day, um, which is Jesse Kurson. And they, of course, will watch the movie tonight. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so grateful.
2: Well, you're so awesome in the movie. You're so great. Um, Thank you for doing it.
0: Thank you, Judd. And I have a podcast, Relatively Sane. So um, I've heard it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'd I'd love all of you to do it.
2: And you had Gary Gordon
0: on there. I (laughs) did. Yep. He was great. He was the first one. Who else was cut out of,
3: uh, who would you say besides Gary was cut out of uh, King of Staten Island? Because I'd like to do a a theme episode of Douglas movies with people that were all cut out of Okay, King of Staten uh, Island, uh, Dan Datterman. Oh, oh God! He must have freaked
2: out. <laughs> he took that really well, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a funny sequence at a at a baseball stadium, and there's a halftime, like a you know, like a little show in between innings where they do a grounders challenge, and they have people like try to catch ten grounders in thirty seconds, and he's the host of it, and he was great, but due to time and some story considerations, the sequence went away. But, you know, we're big Ben adamant fans. He was on, on Crashing on HBO, and, uh, you know, we, we believe in him. That's all I got to say.
3: <laughs> That's all that matters in the end. Is it one of those things where those guys get credits in the end anyway, or do they not even get credit? I make sure they don't. I fight
2: pretty hard against it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It is weird when there ever there's a character that's not in the movie, but they give him credit anyway because they work because they did the work. But it just is yeah. confusing. Well,
2: the great thing um, about Gary is you can see him in the background, so it's that weird thing. where are like, oh, there's Gary Goldman, and then and they don't talk. I think that's always like funny when you know someone got cut out. I think we might have done that to Jenna Fisher in the Forty Year Old Virgin. I'm not sure where, like, you see her, uh, and then you're like. And maybe in the extended version, you know, we had the whole moment.
3: Right. There's a great, I just watched uh, Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell again. Oh, one of
4: my favorite movies.
3: It's so good. And in the, in the uh, bank scenes, in the loan office with Alison Lohman and David Paymer, is a clearly, her role got diminished in the edit. Uh, Octavia Spencer is like, oh, wow. you, see her, you see her, but she doesn't speak.
2: I love those. That's my favorite thing is just weird stuff like that. Like Richard Dreyfus in The Graduate. Yeah. I always thought that that was so funny that he has one line in The Graduate. And so in movies, sometimes when we're casting, we put people in because we just believe that they're going to be big one day and we think it's funny for them to have one line in our movies. And that's how I met Pete, which is we gave him one line in Trainwreck because we're like, I bet he's going to be a big star. Let's give him one line so we can just say we knew before anybody else. And, and that's how we started talking about working together.
4: One of my favorite fun little things like that I learned was Glenn Close and Hook. Like she plays a bearded man pirate.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, she plays the, the man pirate that looks like a lady with a beard and mustache on <laughs> <laughs> It's really weird. And they torture her. They put her in the, what do they call it? The giga or something? They put her like in a box to torture her. It's really weird.
2: Yeah, i have that... a question for you doug, doug yeah we, we spent so many uh of our formative years together yet i don't think i have like any photos do
3: you did you take any pictures of anything i don't think i i found a flyer recently that we were both on and uh yeah i, have but no I, photos. I don't I don't, I was never really, you know, I have family pictures and stuff, but like out in the comedy world, hanging out in the, at the LA Cabaret, I just, I don't remember ever taking any pictures. You know, we didn't have phones to take pictures. Yeah. So we just nobody, didn't do it. Nobody
2: did. We didn't even have the internet. Oh, also remember nothing.
3: Igby's? We were at
2: Igby's all the time. Uh, yeah, I remember going there to see George Carlin work on his set. Which was a weird thing because you never saw George Carlin work on a set. He was never anywhere, and they were like, "He's going to Igby's to run the, the new set." And it was really, really remarkable. Um, and his set was very, very dark, and he would bring up subjects and he go, "People say, "This can't be funny." And then he would like, go, "I, I bet you, I can make it funny." And he started just bringing up every topic that you're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> and uh, i mentioned that cuz the next thing i'm going to do is i'm going to do a documentary about
3: uh george carlin yeah breaking wow, news that's they just awesome. it was just announced today that uh that you're doing that that sounds is it how much do you know about like how how soon we're going to see it and how long it's going i don't know I, mean, I think it'll be two parts because i feel like the beginning of his
2: uh career Uh, through like the Supreme Court case, you know, where he was uh, accused of being obscene on television is is a a full documentary on its own. And then I think the next run and, and, and all the material he did that last five or six years, which at the time people thought was really dark. It's all turned out to be true. It's all pretty prophetic. Everything that he was talking about. There's an amazing clip online. If you go on YouTube, and it's called online American dream that you should just listen to. It's just one of the, the great bits about America. It's so, it's so on point.
3: Remember when he did that long interview with Jon Stewart? Yes, I do.
2: That was like at the U S comedy festival.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, dig that up because that was one of the best, you know, interviews about comedy I've, I've ever seen. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, Carlin's just, uh, I'm very, very excited uh, about this. And of course, all of my guests have the King of Staten Island in your home for your viewing right now. Uh, Lisa Traeger, what else would you like to plug?
4: Um, I'm at Glitter Cheese on all the things. And then since (laughs) I don't have work anymore, I am on Cameo and I have been putting on lingerie and bikinis. So if you'd like to order a cameo from me, $20. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah. So I'm just desperate on the internet. I didn't never use technology before this. I thought I could do stand up forever. So I'm trying to make videos on Patreon, but I wouldn't I wouldn't subject you to it. But if you want to do that, you can do that too.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's real, real strong uh, sales there. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but twenty bucks—that's a you know—that's a great price on cameo. Like you, you, I think you'll get some action.
4: I know, but I'm also not that popular. So last weekend, I was like, everyone that orders a cameo, I'm donating everything to charity. And then it was such a not big amount; it was humiliating. I wish I didn't announce it to everybody, but what Did you you do you keep it the money? No, I already gave it. I know I gave it away. <laughs>
0: Well, how much is $40 going to buy? Yeah,
4: exactly. It was like 180 bucks. I don't know.
0: That's a lot. Hey, it's something. Yeah. All of these places.
4: In this time, though, it's like weird to be jealous that other people can raise more money. But that's how I feel. I'm like, oh, this younger comedian raised (laughs) this much. It's like sick. It's sick. We don't have like other things to be jealous of anymore. So I'm just like jealous of people's fundraising abilities.
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and just uh jealous about uh you know i get jealous about uh, everybody that i hear is going back to work and in you know in some way uh you know people that already had a show and now they can do like kind of a remote version of it i'm jealous of those people like when the pandemic started was a bad time to not have something you
1: were already working on
3: yeah (laughs) but on that on that fun note (laughs) uh thank you To all three of you, Uh, I love the movie, and uh, I'm excited that that people are going to see it. And um, hope to have you all back on the show sometime soon.
0: Thank you for having
3: me. Thank you for having me As as always. This is a delight (laughs) to have the cast here. So happy. (laughs) As always, this is Ripley, last surviving member of the Nostromo, signing off. Yay! Bye. Now it's time bye. for Doug to watch another talkie. Eyes of gold is viewing prowess makes him cocky. There's no room in